Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. It is Valentine's Day. I'm Amber. I'm here with my co-host, my assistant. Yeah. Paige. Oh, me? Yes. No. We are unorthodox people. Yep. We live at unorthodoxpeople.com. Yep. We're currently taking donations. <laughs> Our podcast is unofficially sponsored by Waterloo Sparkling Water. Black Cherry is the best. Yes. And will satisfy all your needs to drink pop. All your pop craving needs. Today we are talking about all of our failed business ideas. Yes. Ranging from ones that were just in the kind of idea conception phase. An exhausted list of all of our failed ideas. To ones that... We launched and failed. Oof, man. This is, this is a podcast that's like going to be very um, emotional. Really? But it shouldn't be. Okay. But it, like it is just because it, it shows like failure is really hard. It's good to talk about, but it's just difficult to know that you've tried so many things and failed at them. Mm-hmm. The biggest one in my life would be the clothing company that I started when I was in high school called Yonks mm-hmm. Clothing Company. That company... Existed for nine years. Nine years. Into college. And I don't think I ever made any money. Why did you not make any money? I made enough money, but I was funding it with like credit cards and not selling the clothes for enough. So it started as like I would print, I would print on Mm t-shirts. I remember the first shirt was like a white shirt, had like a red design on the front. This was like like printing on Hanes beefy tees. Yeah. I would buy the shirts. I would bring them to the printer, have a quick design that I made, and sell them for like 12 bucks. Yeah. $11, 12, dollars $11, $12. And I would write all the sales I made in a notebook. I was, what is freshman high school? How old is that? 13? 15. 15. Four. 14, maybe. I don't even know. 14, 15. I would bring the clothes uh, in a backpack to school yeah. and sell them to, to friends and stuff. And then I realized that men don't buy clothing. Women are the, are the people that buy clothing. And so then I changed, I pivoted, and just started to focus on women's clothing. And it was at this time that I really didn't like the idea of like having brands on the clothes. And so yeah. I... Took off yonks altogether, really, from the clothes, and it was just like women's brand-free apparel is what mm-hmm. it kind of morphed into in high school. It's pretty successful, mildly popular stuff in high school and into college. And then, you know what? Nine years later, I was on a mission trip. I was laying in a hammock in Peru underneath this house that we were at, and it was just like, I don't know if it was God talking to me or if it was just whatever. It was like, yeah, this business has failed. It's time to move on. Yeah. You're done. You know? And it was like, Oh, it was like my baby for a long time. And it was just tough to deal with that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was the first big failure that I had. And I I had so many dreams about that company. I was like, Oh, I want to buy like like buy retail property on the strip and the college where I went, I was Mm going to open up a store and we sell clothes in there. You know, you just have all these dreams and ideas that don't come to fruition. And that was like the first big thing that I failed at in my life. 
And do you think because of the age you were, it was also like greatly attached to your image? Yeah. I was so concerned, like so worried about how people perceive the brand and the image that I wasn't focused on like selling clothing, mm-hmm. which is weird to think about. Now it's like sell the clothes. And if you're selling them, the image like kind of either, you know, comes later or like defines itself. I bet that your business, that particular business would have done better in the uh, social media Oh yeah, world. Yeah, like and if you honed in on what your brand, your brand. And I didn't all understand that. how to write a make run a business. So I wasn't making yeah. much money. I mean, and why I had to would convince, you? I had to convince people to do things for me for free because I wasn't making any money, so I couldn't pay them. Right. So this model, Lane Walkup, I had her be a model for Yonks for like years. I never like paid her any money. I wasn't making money. She was like just doing it. It was awesome. She probably liked doing it. I hope so. I don't know. I would have liked if somebody was like, do you want to be my muse? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> when right now? Okay. So that was independent of you. That was like a failure that I had. And could I, I like- got the, I was just starting to get to know you and I got the Facebook invite. Well, you know, this is a long time ago in college. Oh, I wonder if that Facebook group still exists. I got the Facebook invite that you uh, were having a closeout sale. Uh- <laughs> Everything must go. That's right. <laughs> I sold everything, I all like, the extra huh. inventory in my like, garage. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Mm, sad times. You had it at Legends. No, I just had it at my house. That must have been some other person's <laughs> closeout <laughs> sale. <laughs> We've had a lot of our failures. But you didn't start another apparel business ever. I guess I wasn't that into it. Yeah. It's kind of like the business that started and you you kept doing it, but you're not, you wouldn't say that you're super passionate about fashion and apparel and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I wasn't that good at it and like realizing what I needed, what I needed to do to be good at it, I wasn't interested in doing that. And so it's like a lot the, of work. The clothing business, like you have to come out with stuff before the season, sell it. And then if you don't sell it, mark it down, come out with new stuff. Like I have the same problem that a lot of artists have. They're not not prolific enough. They're not coming out with enough stuff. Like you just have to come out with a lot of stuff. The culmination or like the climax, I don't know what the word is, of Yonks was going to Atlanta yeah. to America, America's Mart, which is like the premier clothing, uh, what does it call? It's like the premier clothing expo. distribution expo. Yeah. In the industry. Yeah. And you come there and buyers from all over the world come and they look at your booth and then they yeah. like place order for your clothes. This was like the first time that I was not selling direct, um, or online. I was selling to a di- distributor. I remember three days or selling to people that own clothing companies. So buy your ho- clothes wholesale and put it on the shelves yeah. at their store. Three days didn't sell anything. Yeah. I was like new. I didn't realize you had like a lot of people that came booked appointments with people that they had met like earlier and like, come check out our new line. So we were brand new. I invited like three of my friends to come and I paid for them to be there. It didn't make any sense. I was broke. I should have just went by myself. Yeah. But I was all about like, oh, this clothing, this is fun. Let's have my friends come. You and, wanted you know. it to be a social thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my co-founder Brian was there and I just had my friend, my, my brother came 
And we didn't sell anything for like three days. And I remember the last, like we were developing relationships or kind of relationships with people. And then the last day, this woman came and was like, hey, my, the owner of my company passed your booth, really likes some of the stuff that you have here. Yeah. And we want to place an order. We're like, great. And so like we placed an order. They bought a bunch of stuff. And I was like, wow, this is great. You know, and it's like pay on delivery. So you had yeah. to put the money up front build the clothing or like buy the clothing, ship the clothing to them. And then when you ship the clothes, they'll buy them. Well, I was late with the order for various Why? reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I know. Looking back, it's like, oh, it's really important. You're not it's late. It's like so important. So I shipped the first shipment. It was good. And then with the second shipment, I was like late and I called them and it was explained to them. And they're like, actually don't even bother. Like we've had other vendors that are late and we're just like going to cancel the order or whatever. I was like, oh. And then you had all the clothes. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the same time, I was like leaving and. How much, how many, how much clothes did they order? How many pieces? Do you remember? Yeah. So there's probably a box and it was probably like, I don't know. $1,300 $1,300 worth of like clothes. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot for me. I mean, you do that 10 places. Yeah, you're doing good. You got a little thing starting. Mm-hmm. I had some, I did some like sales stuff, uh, local stores purchase, you know, I was in a clothing company called Patina in Winston-Salem. Oh. Um, and then my clothes were also in like. The where, what's the? The hardware. Hardware, Yeah. Shops, the hardware shops in Boone. Yeah, it's not um, really a hardware shop. For so looking our back listeners. now, it's like, oh, it'd be so much like knowing what I know now, like all things, it would be so much easier to go back and do what I did. But I learned a lot. And it was did really you during that time? There was a clothing company that was popular. It's called Threadless. Okay. Do you remember that company? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. It's not that important, but people would submit their designs online, and then I think people would vote or something, and then it would get printed. Okay. And a lot of people that I knew would wear these shirts because they had really cool, unique designs mm, and they would do yeah. like small batches of hmm. the stuff. So kind of limited edition. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You probably could have been successful in that. Now it seems like that kind of, Oh, it's like over. It's like oversaturated. I was involved in like, I was involved in several mentorship programs. Yeah. And the in mentors that I had, or? yeah, just weren't helpful. They didn't understand what I mm. was doing to help me. You know, it was like high level stuff, like really successful people doing stuff. And I needed like nuts and bolts kind of help. But do you know a lot of people that teach in like, even in entrepreneurship and the business schools, they've never even ran a business? <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. I looked at a, I was looking at this thing of all these different grad schools for entrepreneurship, something I got in the mail. And it was like, how many professors had like the percent that actually started a business? Uh, the only ones that were like a hun- almost 100% were like Stan- Stanford. Stanford. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Definitely. It's hard to like give up the business, go from the business world to the yeah. teaching and world. And I thought that was so interesting. How's somebody going to tell you how to run a business? We have the same entrepreneurship professor. Yeah, he was cool. Ben. I don't think he's there anymore. I think he is. Oh. I talked to him recently. You there? Ben, you there? Mm, so that's Yonks. Yeah, Yonks clothing. And then you didn't start another. So after Yonks, your great failure. Mm-hmm. Then what? Were you thinking about starting another business, or did you just move on to just strictly socializing? Strictly socializing. Yeah, 
I could have. I just didn't. I wasn't. I was just broke. Just broke. This whole idea of money. That's when we started on the Dave Ramsey thing. And it's just like, didn't have money. Always like working to pay off bills, to pay the bills that I had during college. And yeah, I just didn't think about starting another company until post-college. Yeah. It's interesting. Like a lot of the people I knew that, or some of the people I knew that started companies at college, they were so, the companies were so college focused. Right. Which is really interesting. It's the easiest thing to do. There's the dude I know that I worked with for a little bit who started a music festival. Yeah. There. That was successful. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah. And then I know Par Bar. This guy started a bar and he wasn't allowed to call it Par Bar because that was his last name, but there was another bar that was called Uh, Par Bar that was about golfing. Par Par Bar. So it was like a nutritious. Oh, yeah. That's real Boone centric right there. Yeah, Boone deals. Uh, Keg bitch. Okay. Did you hear about that? Was our good friend. Well, he wasn't your good friend at the time. But it's pretty cool that he might not want to be associated with Keg Bitch. There's a at community, this point. yeah. There's a community of people that are entrepreneurs, um, and I was involved with some of those people, and they were doing pretty cool stuff. I was. People not. are interesting that are starting businesses. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's they're hard. the kind of they're the kind of people that you gravitate towards, you know. Yeah. So starting businesses post Yonks. Is, yeah. Is easy. I mean, it's hard, but it's like really easy. You know, it's simple. I always tell concept. people just to start, right. which probably sounds like really stupid advice. Like, you know what? I like candles and I want to sell candles. Like, all right, just start a candle business. All right, this so weekend, simple. make some candles, mm-hmm. pop a site. Yeah, it, put them on it, Etsy and you're good to go. It just, it should all look like crap. And then you see if you can sell a candle. Yeah. And then you refer people to your site and people will buy it just because they know you. And that's the best way, you know, your power yeah. base to get people. To get initial customers, it's easy to launch a business. It's not a great idea to spend a bunch of money before you even make a dollar. Like, oh, I'm going to go register the business with the city, and I'm going to get this logo made by this person and source these ingredients for the candles. Then after months of doing all that, you finally launch your little candle site, and you don't sell, you sell one candle to your mom. Right. You could have already done that, got it out of the way. See if you even like making candles. Yep. You got to yeah. pivot pivot quickly from what you're doing to see if it works. Of course, that's very small business focus, which is what we've done. We've never started. You know, starting like a big company would obviously be different. You aren't like, here we Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, you're right. Um, so. <laughs> we get excited about companies. Yeah. And I go and buy the domain name for these we companies. We do. And so I've spent a lot of money on domain names. You bought how many .dev domain names? You're like, this is going to be the, the domain that's going to pop off, .dev. I bought like 13 .dev domain names thinking that they would be purchased by the people whose names that they were. So yeah. I went and researched like, who are the most famous developers that have ever existed? Yeah. And I bought all their names and it was the dumbest It's money It's, it's a lot of money. And then plus, like, I'll get a, like, have an idea for a domain, and then I'll think of the business around it. Like, I got bitch.beer. Okay. Because I thought, you know, women are into craft beer, Mm -hmm. and it could be kind of like an empowerment thing, like you're taking 
the word bitch back kind of like gotcha. women like to do. I was like, bitch that beer. This is this is my new life. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get so excited about the domain. Yeah, I was supporting you in that. I wasn't a big fan of the name, but I, I thought it was I like, wasn't oh, gonna, gonna have my name attached to it. It wasn't gonna be my face, but it was gonna be something like Okay. Yeah. Like hardcore craft beer drinking women. Mm. I don't know what it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Reviews. That's or, not who you are though, really. No, but you can start a business that isn't like who you are. Really? Who's yeah, gonna I was going to put it together. Oh, you got There like, wasn't going to be a face. Okay. It was going to be like a cartoon or something. Faceless. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and then I had cooking with beer. How were the difference between bitch beer and cooking with beer? Okay, cooking with beer, I wanted to... Um, start a YouTube cooking channel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then I would have a local beer that I'm drinking that day. Got it. Kind of yeah. while I'm cooking. Still good. And idea. that would be my niche. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I still like that idea. I might do that. Put a little vegan spin on it. Yo. Woo. You in, <laughs> hey, you in the pocket. You found right. that pocket. Yeah. You Give me that, that vegan cooking with beer.com. Um, so, yeah, it was all like a beer kick, like beer business. Bitch.beer would have been more like just like a celebration of women and craft beer. Maybe yeah. the brewers and yeah, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe it would have been kind of like an online magazine kind what of What would the thing. male equivalent to bitch.beer be? The art of manliness.beer. Dude. Dude, not beer. Dude, dude, bruise. <laughs> I mean, bitch isn't a good word to take back. It's all us, you know. I'm it's not okay. I'm not saying. I want to dive into the psychology behind the yeah, word. Yeah, sure. It's, I'm you know, not like. It was flawed, maybe flawed to start. That's why you didn't start. Well, like, tell me why you didn't start it. I didn't start it. I didn't start cooking with beer or do the bitch dot beer thing, either because. I, at the same time, while I'm thinking about beer, I'm mm-hmm. also thinking, I should take a break from drinking beer. Yeah. And so then I decided I'm going to do a month, no alcohol. And then I decided, let's make this a year. Yeah. Because I like to give myself unrealistic challenges. That's a realistic challenge that you failed at eight months in. Yeah, I failed. Yeah. Eight months. I didn't fail like I went on a bender or something. Right. You just stopped. I just stopped. I was like, oh, I'm tired of doing this. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you also got pregnant and you're like, oh, I want to drink before I get pregnant. Yeah. I just, and I, I supported that. thought it was smart. I was just tired of doing it. I mean, you can make up any excuse you want to. I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We bought the domain names for both of those ideas, bought templates for websites. I set them up. Yeah. I was excited about like, oh, the cooking thing. That's going to be cool. Yeah. So I like I the still- idea of you doing some, some sort of cooking thing. Maybe you could recruit some people to do it with you it's always better when you're doing something with other people always worse and better okay it's always worse and better yeah because if they're as passionate as you it's great but if they're not then what is it a partnership is the only only ship guaranteed to sink no it's the only (laughs) ship that doesn't sail the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership right but it's nice to do i like doing things on my own which i think is why i gravitated towards freelance writing and Mm -hmm. blogging and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. because i'm totally in control you don't of, have deadlines. You don't have anyone telling you what to do. Well, I had deadlines when I worked for people. I don't mind that. It's not so much like 
the deadline thing. It's that you don't have to coordinate with somebody else. Oof. Like doing this podcast with you. Imagine how much of a pain it... I'm sorry, I'm burping. I know, it's lovely. <laughs> Imagine how much of a pain it would be if you're trying to be like, well, when can you record? Like if we didn't live, we live together, mm. you know? Yeah, it's something to consider before you start a podcast with someone else. Yeah. Are you, how often, how close are you, how often are you going to be able to record together? And that is a big thing in business, too. We have one of our good friends that we have worked with and started a business with, but those people are rare. Which brings us to our next business. Yeah, let's talk about a business that we actually thought of, started. Ran. Sold. Sold. Yeah. Wow. We started a business called Coffee Crate. Yes. It went through a bunch of different iterations, but we love coffee and we thought, you know what? It'd mm-hmm. be really cool to get coffee samples of North Carolina roasted coffee into people's hands. And it was inspired by, I think, Misto Box. Yes, Misto Box that was on Shark Tank. We're like, oh, this is cool. Let's riff on this idea of coffee And let's make it specific to North Carolina. Which was awesome. Yeah. And There's a lot of great coffee roasters. Went through there. a bunch of different names, got a name. I made the logo, got the got the domain name, which was taken.com. So we got the .co, mm-hmm. which is fine. No, no big deal. Because you're linking it the stuff most it, of the time anyway. It doesn't matter. You're yeah. just a small business. Right. You're not, you and know. So I think we invested probably a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Initially, and got, and we got some. We got some customers early on. I don't remember the progress of that, but we got some news articles, some news outlets to to write about us. We had a product. What we would do is we would get roasters in North Carolina, contact them, and just buy their coffee, repackage it in four ounce packages, and put three four ounce North Carolina roasted coffees from three different roasters mm-hmm. in a box. And we would put our own coffee crate label, mm-hmm. but we would also recognize the roaster yeah. on the label. We printed a card that had the roasters, like, information and what coffees that we put and in there. And a description of the coffee, which those were funny because <laughs> we didn't know they were a stretch because we didn't know. There's all these different words. I know. You slowly become an expert in the things that you're talking about or selling. You don't have to be an expert in those things initially, which is yeah. really cool. You, you make mistakes along the way. And then we got on Fox and Friends. Yes. Because we had a, the platform that we used was called Crate Joy. Yeah. It was a coffee, it was a subscription box platform and it handles mm-hmm. all the back end, all the, the business back end. So explain, not in detail, but like, what does that mean, back end? So it handles like the customers purchasing, uh, the payments, any of the, like refunds, any, any, yeah. it handles all like the technical payment aspects of the company instead of having to build yeah. that out. It'd be like a, a Shopify, but it's specifically for boxes, subscription boxes. And the other tool we used was Stripe. Right. So Stripe and to handle the payments would, yeah. and you integrate Stripe with coffee, with Crate Joy and it handles the whole back end. It just makes it a lot simpler to start a business. So if you're thinking about starting a subscription business, Crate Joy is an aw- awesome way to do that. Are they still Yeah, they're still going? Kick, they're still kicking. Cool. Yeah. And we started this, I feel like it was like the height of subscription. 2011, right? Yeah. Was that the height or did it get bigger? It got bigger. I don't know. Yeah, okay. It got bigger. Um, it's such a great, it's such a great small business to start. 
it's you know, very little overhead. Recurring customers that pay you yeah. up front for like 12 months of product or six months of product, three months of product, and you give them a, a discount for it. So this is a company that we started. There's a lot of work to start, though, yeah, too. Right. Yeah, everything from finding the boxes. I know. Like ordering the boxes. Where are you going to put the coffee figuring in? Figuring out the labels. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got a, co- a sealer and all this stuff. Right. How much does it cost to ship? Printed printed the labels on a sticker, stuck the sticker to the front of like coffee packaging that we bought yeah. online at a wholesale distributor, got a coffee sealer. I liked, It was the whole thing. I liked my idea that we used is adding a little treat, yeah. a little local treat. Yeah, we bought like a little cookie that we put in there. We from used a local Appalachian company. Cookie, cookie Company, company yeah. a few times, <laughs> and, and then, that was cool. Yeah. It was um, all about like freshness. Which is funny about Coffee Crate is that the prices were pretty high for coffee. But one thing I learned from our previous company, Yonks, that we were talking about is that my prices weren't high enough. So the prices were high for Coffee Crate for us to make money. And you just sell the stuff at what you have to sell it for to make money. Yeah. Even, if, it, even yeah. if it's high. Because, you know, we're doing stuff that isn't scalable. We're, we're putting the package in the stuff on our table. This table here. Was it? No, 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 no. No, this is from Denver. Oh, man, that would have been Remember cool. Remember when we got our first customer that was a stranger? Yeah, that was crazy. We, like, Google mapped her house. <laughs> we were thinking we were going to, we were joking with our friend that we were going to, like, hand deliver package <laughs> and all this stuff. It was fun. And it was so fun to work together in that aspect. I like, you did most of the, like, setting up the kind of business-y yeah, I enjoyed stuff. it. Stuff, and then our friend did the web development, and then I did, I guess, like the customer. Yeah, like working with the vendors. Oh yeah, you would order the coffee from the individual vendors. Looking back now, it would have been better if we bought all the coffee from one vendor per month, packaged that coffee in. You know, we got three different coffees from that one vendor, but that's all stuff that you learn by doing. You got to pivot. Yeah. You know, when you're doing it, if you're Stuff like that you don't figure out until you're actually in it doing the thing. Yeah. So I guess I would say if you're thinking about doing something, don't be afraid to just start because you'll figure out stuff that you need to do better after you're starting. And you might figure out that your idea is terrible. Which is great. And that's a great thing. Yeah. Save yourself some time and money. It'd be smart to do a little market research before that happened. The first day that we shipped the box. Yeah. Was the day that you went into labor with our first kid. Yes. Crazy. I was laboring at home and then... <laughs> Aaron showed up and was like, "Yeah, hey, and we're like, oh, Amber just went into labor. He's like, oh, do you want us to leave? Yeah, Aaron and his wife were there <laughs> packing the boxes. Like, no, you're good. We're going to head ship to... Out. We're going to head to the birthing center. And I was like more chill then. Yeah. Um, you're still chill. I'm still chill. I think now would have been... Now I'm more... I'm so much more cautious of like what I invite into my life because I know it's a fine line before I just like, I don't know. Like you take on too much and then you just, I feel like a mess and all hmm. that kind of stuff. So then after we had the baby, so we're trying to run this little business. Yeah, it was tough. And I was like, I can't. You know, so you didn't do anything anymore and Aaron was like starting another he company. started a job. So we ran this company yeah. for about eight months. A we shipped about job. eight boxes. We had about 30, 25 to 30 yeah. subscribers at this point. Towards the end, you were doing 
all the stuff yourself, like the last couple of months. Yeah. And it was a lot. I was doing it all myself. That's a lot to do by yourself. It was easy when it was three people. And it was fun because three people are hanging out. You're drinking beer. You're drinking coffee. Yeah. You're At that point, together. you're you're like, I don't want to be sitting here. <laughs> like, I'm not. We kind of all decided, okay, we're not that passionate about coffee. Yeah. I'm passionate about it, but, you know. And... If I was I, making $100,000, I might be a little more passionate about it. So then we tried to sell the company for about $18,000, 18,20K. And yeah. but we needed to sell it like quickly because Aaron wasn't involved anymore. And I was just, I guess, burnt out. I don't know what was the rush to sell it. And then because we found you someone. were the only one at that point that was doing it. And, and it wasn't, it. it's not fair to like our vendors mm. or to you or our customers if. You know, because we had a blog that went along with it and we were trying to do like some video stuff uh, and yeah, it's just a lot. Build the company. It was a lot. I could have ran it myself, I guess, if I was like Saul and then an end where I'm just doing that. And you had a new baby. New baby and I had a full time job. And a full time job. Yeah, yeah, so it was difficult. So do you wish I do wish that we would have in hindsight, it would have been better to just pull back and just like maintain. And maintained instead of selling it because then the person that we sold it to, she ran it, but she didn't grow the business. And then now I think she just shut it down. She grew the business. Yeah. She had more subscribers when okay. she stopped than when we started, but she made, she made money, ran it for three years and then couldn't find anyone to sell it to and then just shut the whole yeah, thing down. And I don't think it should have been shut down. We can start it up again if you're interested. Yeah, but you need to live there. That's yeah, true. We live in Austin now. I'm definitely not... Something about the idea of starting that in Texas is not appealing. Like in North Carolina, it was more appealing. I guess because I know those cities. Do people in Texas drink coffee? Is there local roasters? I don't even there know. There are. Yeah. There are local roasters, but I'm just not... This is not like my home state. So, so we, made a low, found, we made a low four-figure exit. I know. That was our joke. What was it? $3,000? Yeah, I think three or four. And then we had about three or $4,000 in the bank um, from sales and stuff. Uh, we sold the whole company to her. And that was an example of a successful company and a successful exit. Yeah. But I guess it failed. Failure. Failure is defined in many different ways. Yeah. If I were to go back, you know, you do different things. You do structure things differently. Looking back, I think I would have put, now that I'm just now thinking about this, I would have been like, Hey, we're taking, we're going to be back and give people a date. We're like revamping or whatever, you know? Oh, close for construction. Close for construction. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so. Queso. 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 What's up? Is we're queso? vegan. No, I'm talking about queso. So then we still had the itch. To like start another business. So the easy thing to do is like, you know, about the subscription business. So you're like, let's start another one of those. Yeah. We had a lot of ideas that weren't, that, I know, that I weren't can't anything even, that we were passionate about. I can't. Frenchie box. Remember that? We got really close to launching that. Yeah. It was a Frenchie bulldog subscription. Not mm-hmm. bulldog, but French bulldog. Yeah. French bulldog subscription yeah. box. Frenchie box. Be like little name. toys. Because, you know, people spend so much money on their pets, and there's all kind of pet stuff. So we're like, let's do the pet thing. 
It's kind of the it's the catch twenty two of trying to capitalize on things that people are spending money on, but mm-hmm. realizing it's dumb that people are spending a ton of money on those things. Or that you're just personal. Well, so it might be dumb to it. us, but yeah, That's we're not passionate about That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Dumb to us. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, Jesus. Girl. Dumb to us. What's this other thing I have written here? Oh, Denver box. Were we in Denver at the time? Yeah. So there was a really popular, successful box in Austin called Bat Box. Did they sell or shut down? Or? They put a bunch of Austin stuff in a box and sold it to people, and they're yeah. real successful. Like barbecue sauce and a CD from a local musician. And yeah, stuff like that. T- don't mess with Texas sticker. And some bat poop. And some bat poop. And I was thinking Denver could be the same thing. You have a Denver box, name it something, and sell it with Denver crap. Yeah. People buy it. People love it. Here's a note. People buy crap. Yeah. So, including us, you nicely, spend a lot of money on stuff. Nicely packaged, yep. Crap, trinkets and crap. Yeah, um, but both of those, we got really close to launching. Launching never did, but then pulled back. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you linked up with this guy and wanted to start the magnetic outlet. Still, do, do. you want to tell about that a little bit? Yeah, I had an idea for a magnetic outlet. Yeah. And I wanted to create it, found a guy that had already made it. Long story short, three long years of Who trying had to the coordinate. Design. Was it the design and the technology or just the design? Yeah, he had launched, he had design technology, had a patent or a, a, he was issued a provisional patent and it was cool. We were going to do this thing because I was, you know, it was at the time that I had a kid. Yeah. And you're always trying to do things in the dark when you have a kid. You, mm-hmm. like, don't want to wake them up. And plugging things in was, like, a nightmare. Still is in the dark. Yeah. Plugging things in. And I was plugging like, oh, things is a nightmare s- in the light. Something should just be able to click right into yeah. the outlet. And so I did some research, found a guy that had already made it, coordinated with a guy. He was living in Peru at the time. Eventually, he moved back to Texas. And I live in Texas, and we were going to, like, do this thing for real. And then he fell off. He fell off the map. And he was an electrical engineer, and I needed him because I'm not to do it. Yeah. And so I tried to find some other people to do the idea, but that idea also failed, something I put a lot of energy into. Yeah. Researching, calling patent attorneys, and just doing a lot of stuff, and then nothing ever happened. That's disappointing. It's disappointing, too, I've noticed, when you want to work with people on something. And you're excited about it, and like you are 100% in, mm-hmm. and the other person seems like they are, but yep. then it turns out that they're not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I needed you to. Yeah, and you just step up here and, and be a little proactive with some things, and you just weren't. And so that's disappointing. Yeah. Wow, failure. <laughs> so now we were just talking the other day. We're like, at this point, are we entrepreneur well we're not entrepreneurs we're not running a business right now right are we entrepreneurs or want entrepreneurs which i think is like a mark cuban phrase i think the difference between an entrepreneur and entrepreneur is is maybe a couple things one is fear Mm, fear of not wanting to like step out fear and then the other thing is just doing just doing it yeah 
we we have start we have a track record of having started businesses, and so we're less entrepreneurs, but we still yeah. are, and we're probably closer to the entrepreneur than than a lot of entrepreneurs are on the spectrum. But I would just want anyone listening to this to just hear me and saying starting a business is really simple. You don't have to make mm-hmm. it complex. You yeah. don't have to get your tax ducks in a row to do it. Just go out. You can have a sole proprietorship. If it's an e-commerce site or whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. gonna, you're going to fail a lot. You're going to try really hard. You make a bunch of phone calls and try to coordinate with people. Mm-hmm. If you really want to do it, you'll do it. That's true for anything, yeah. right? If you really if you want to start it. a company, you'll do it. And you'll figure out a way to do it. And you won't take no for an answer. And you'll hit a wall and you'll mm-hmm. realize, okay, I can go around this wall, under the wall, through the wall, or I can figure out how to get the wall, like replace the wall with a waterfall that you can walk through, right? Like yeah. you don't take no for an answer and you're not willing to quit on the idea. My right butt cheek is falling asleep. You stand up. Oh yeah, I guess I could. Um, you know what this makes me think of? Because you're talking about how it's easy to start a business and people are like, easy for you. Mm-hmm. Easy for you to say. Why? I can't get out of my seat because all those steps that you said are like enough barrier to entry to hmm. keep people from doing it. And I was thinking about moms that start multi-level marketing mm. companies because no barrier to entry. All you gotta you do is pay. buy three hundred dollars starter pack. Yeah, you and buy you're in it. you buy your starter pack, and then you have your quote unquote own business. Yeah, what a what a nightmare. And it appeals to women, and it still does from back in Tupperware to. You literally do not own your own business if no. you are part of a multi level. You don't own business. your own business. You're not don't even buy an, into the hype. You're not an employee either. So not only do you, yeah, that's what they say. They're like, you own your own business. It's like, okay, you don't have the benefits of being an employee of a company and you truly are not owning your own business. That is recipe for a new podcast, an MLM podcast. We'll do that later. Ooh, I don't know if I want to stir up those feelings in myself. <laughs> are there any other failed ventures that we have? Mm, we well, got some in the future. I got some ideas. You got brewing. some future failures? <laughs> I got some ideas. I've got ideas that I want to do. Um, I've had other failures that aren't businesses. Yeah. Writing. We talked a little bit about those. So you were thinking about? Writing or just, I mean, personal failures. Things where you look back and you're like, man, really screwed up that opportunity. That's not what we're talking about here. Messed that relationship up. Yeah, huh? That's not what we're talking about here. Well, you said failures. Do you have any other failures? Business. And I was saying, whether you've started a business or not, you still have failed. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm trying to make this for the people. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you shouldn't keep trying, learning, growing, doing different things. We're, we're a little afraid, or I am at least, about starting another company because I, I want to pick something that I can do for the long term. And yeah. I'm happy or comfortable in the job that I have now. And so anything would be like after hours and it, it's easy. Yeah. You could do it and I could just pick something to do it, but I just haven't. So, and at this point in my I'm life, at. I don't relate to, you know, the people that you see on shark tank that are like, they're like pouring their heart and soul and We've mortgaged all our 15 all houses. Of it. We work a hundred out. I'm not, I don't want to do that. There's nothing going on right now in our life that we want to spend that much time on. But if we had an, a worthy idea, we could and, and I've had some brick and mortar. Oh, we were thinking about starting a bottle shop. That's right. We got pretty deep into the 
research of that one. Um, there's like brick and mortar ideas that I think are really cool, but you got to be there. Mm, what about our brownie shop? Oh, don't y'all want a hot brownie store? Yeah, like a donut shop, but for brownies. Yes, you know you do with a little scoop of ice cream. Mm, brownies. We get big real quick. <laughs> Our most recent is the vegan fast food restaurant, and that's something that I think could be really awesome. So ideas are a dime a dozen. It's easy to come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. It's hard to actually implement and do those things. Yeah. But, but you can't do the thing unless you come up with the ideas first. So what was your, before we leave here, I want you to talk about a little bit about the, the exercise with coming up with ideas. Well, James Altucher um, has a practice that he does and suggests everyone do. Every day you write 10 ideas and they're going to be horrible. 10 ideas for businesses? Mm. I guess it wouldn't have to be like a specific business, but just 10 ideas like... Come up with a way to do this better. Yep. You know? And there's no wrong ideas. A better Ziploc bag. You're just brainstorming stuff. A kitten, baby kitten carrier that you wear. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. they're going to be silly. But you are, he says that is working your idea muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I did it for a while. And here we are. <laughs> this week we started a podcast that's the thing we that's kind of it's not we're not making any money that's true we did start a podcast it hasn't failed yet <laughs> we're still doing it we're here <laughs> we're here talking if you're listening we really we're appreciate still you standing <laughs> yeah starting stuff is fun you do it for a little while it serves a purpose and then you're on to the next thing it's something to do it's kind of a hobby. Mm-hmm. But, you know. A lot of times hobbies grow into businesses mm-hmm. if you're really good at those things. Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. We are Paige and Amber. <laughs> we are unorthodox people. It's a little cat crawling here. And we live at unorthodoxpeople.com. dot com.